You're listening to the PK Experience Podcast. My name is Peter King. I'm the host of the show, and today I sit down with good friend, trained chef, restaurant owner, Holland Hamid, and uh, she has a wealth of interesting and dynamic perspectives on health that I just really haven't heard anywhere else and is the reason why I wanted to bring her to you today. Um, if you're dealing with any type of health-related issues, um, wanting to lose weight, wanting to eat better, needing more energy, wanting more focus, um, helping your kids eat better, Holland is the woman to go to for this. She has dedicated her entire life to helping busy working moms and families eat better, eat healthier, um, live more fully, uh, live more abundantly and aware. And she brings just, uh, as I mentioned before, a wealth of knowledge and trained experience, as well as uh, a huge heart and a lot of love. So I'm really grateful that she was able to make some time to do this call. And so I will leave it at that. Let's dive into the call now. Here I am with Holland Hamid. All right, all right. We are here with the very lovely Holland Hamid. How are you doing, Holland? I'm very good. How are you? I'm doing great. You, uh, you and I go way back. I can actually say that we actually go way back now. Um, sure it's, do. it's been, it's been. I was talking on the phone with another friend of ours that I met at that same weekend, and it's been. I think it's already been over five years already, which is that's unbelievable. Insane. So Holland and I met. Uh, a few years ago at a personal development conference out in LA and uh, and it was funny because I went through half of the program and I don't think we met yet and then we were, happened to be sitting right next to each other and you were like shivering out of control because you were freezing cold and I turned <laughs> my jacket or whatever and then uh, as it turned out we became we but we got to be buddied up um, everybody got partnered up in one of the several month long programs and that's kind of how we got to know each other a little bit better and uh, it's been a real pleasure in my life to get to know you a little bit better and, and consider you now a dear friend. And um, it's been quite a journey that you personally have been on. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show because of all of your uh, expertise in the world of health and nutrition. Um, for those that don't know Holland, she's coming out with a cookbook, which I'll let her tell you about in just a second. But I did want to say that your perspective on health is so, in many ways, unconventional. And yet, when you describe it to me, I'm often sitting there nodding my head yes, going, that makes so much sense. And it's like, <laughs> I, I don't know if you're ahead of the time or if you're speaking another, it's just, it's fascinating the way that you look at health because it uh, it seems to really resonate with me and, of course, many, many other people. So first of all, thank you for taking the time to uh, be on the show today. And why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about your background and uh, your new cookbook that's coming out? Okay. Well, thanks for having me. And yes, I would consider us great friends. And I'm so happy to be here. Um I am trained as a chef. I actually went to culinary school when I was 22, but about 11 years ago, I was 30 and I had tons of health problems, just small little things, but autoimmune. And I just had to believe there was something I could do about it, that it wasn't a life sentence. And I didn't really know anything about health, but I read a book and I changed my diet to vegan about 11 years ago now, going on 12, and um, I had so many changes in my body, and I felt so good and started feeling vitality that I just kind of threw myself into understanding everything I could about how our body interacts 
with food. Um, and when I feel like I got to a really great place with that, I realized that um, although food can set your mood, it really doesn't help with your head or your spirituality or your mental mindset. And um, that's kind of where we met, where um, I started looking at health from a mental perspective. Um, yeah. So when we when we were meeting for this personal development conference, which I, I'm from St. Louis, so flying out and you're from Hawaii on yes. the uh, beautiful <laughs> island of Kauai. Mm-hmm. Um, we would be, you know, we'd meet out in LA and then we'd often go out to eat and you were always like, uh, vegan only. <laughs> and so if, <laughs> if we were going to, uh, be able to enjoy your company, we'd have to go somewhere vegan. And at first I was like, ah, oh, geez, vegan, you know, I'm from St. <laughs> Louis. We, we, we eat ribs. We do a lot of steak. We do a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of chain restaurants out here, which I'm <laughs> not a huge fan of. But, you know, after going to a few of those vegan places, I'm like, this is fantastic. There's uh, there's no loss here, you know? Like, <laughs> no. That was one of the first, I, like, for me, surprises with vegan food in general. Like, you can absolutely have, you can be full, you can taste delicious meals. Like, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of all that, you know? Yeah, I think a lot of people aren't. And um, honestly, when I first switched over, there really weren't a lot of options. And that's one of the reasons I threw myself into the kitchen. I just took my background to really understand Um, how I could have the foods I love that were like soulful to me, Mm -hmm. but have them have nutrition and be a healthier form of it. And so um, as I took that on, I actually really loved being in the kitchen. And I um, opened a restaurant about six and a half years ago. You have to Um, tell the story of how that unfolded because that's crazy. (laughs) how it unfolded was Wheel of Fortune. Um, I was ready for a change in my life, and uh, I was really lucky. Me and my husband got picked to be on the Wheel of Fortune, and then even luckier when we won it. And um, with the last $10,000 I had, uh, we invested in a small restaurant. I don't know how we found it. It only cost $9,900. So oh, I didn't know that. I went into business wow. with $100 in my account, and I kept a part-time job so I could have my restaurant. That's incredible. <laughs> I, I actually didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so you had, and it was a vegan restaurant, but you had, there was protein. It wasn't menu. a vegan restaurant. And when we first took it over, we bought someone else's restaurant. And because I was working somewhere else, we kept their menu and then just slowly changed it. And um, two and a half years ago, I changed it over to completely vegan. I just wanted it to be more of a representation of me. Yeah. Um, and so we switched it over and it was kind of a funny thing cause I never realized, I knew I wanted a vegan restaurant, but I didn't really have a plan for it after it turned vegan. And so, um, I found myself at a place where I wanted to do something new. Uh, I felt like I had learned what I was supposed to learn from the restaurant. And so after I changed it, I sold it about a year ago. How did you, how did you survive those first, like the first week with a hundred bucks in your account? How did you figure that out? Tenacity. Tenacity. That's one thing about you. You are incredibly tenacious. I am. No, no quit. Where do you get that from? Um, I think having probably three older brothers is just like, I'll prove that I can do it no matter what. Uh, (laughs) As I look back, I'm pretty sure it's just kind of that competitive thing. Um, I don't take no for an answer. Um, I just figure out another way to do it. Um, So 
for the listeners as well, I had the pleasure of interviewing your dad a few months ago. Um, yes. He's an incredible guy. Um, uh, I, I mean, he, yeah, his, he's an author and some of the uh, some of the things that we talked about on our call was uh, was pretty fascinating and amazing, too. So I'm sure I'm sure your brothers with your dad and we're all, you know, solid influences for you growing up. <laughs> Definitely. Um, it's a, definitely a perk in life to have a dad that's a life coach. Yeah, no uh, doubt. I get really, really great advice constantly. Does that ever does that ever get to be like, Dad, can you just be a dad and not give me advice? Not at all, because yeah. um, the main thing I want in my life right now is to grow. And so my dad definitely grabs me out of sinking and pulls me up to grow. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. As dads should. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> um, well, so give give people a broad overview of your um, health perspective and your health philosophy. Well, so my health philosophy has really been changing. I think, um, you know, you're always supposed to have your why. You're supposed to figure out what you do. You're supposed to have a strong opinion on it and be centered with it. And I think I've spent probably, well, I've spent my whole life dieting, but I've spent, um, the last 11 years really figuring out my body and then the last five years working with other people. And I've probably tried every cleanse there is. And um, one of the things I learned is like, all of them work. They're all right. (laughs) No one's wrong. No one's right. You know, pretty much following a plan and having an intention is going to get you to where you want to be. And when you get off that intention and you get off the plan, normally you find a plateau. And so Um, I've just been looking at all these different things just from my practical um, experience. And so like I like to call what I believe in is like it's not science, it's simple. Um, We're all looking for science. We all want the pill that's going to make us thin and give us a six pack. We want health. We want to stay out of the doctor's office. Um, We want energy to do the things we want to do. But um, most of us are asking someone else to give that to us or someone else to tell us how to get it. And we're really not listening to our own bodies. What do you mean by that? How do you listen to your body? I would say like today I woke up and I, uh, first of all, I make my body, um, it's definitely a priority. It's a huge priority. Like today I woke up and I did stretches. I went and did, you know, yoga for an hour. And so I'm really in touch with my body. Um, I did a water fast yesterday. So I did, I think I ended up doing like 30 hours of just water and, and very, very little fruit that was just cut up in the water. And and is that something, is that something your intuition told you or did you? Yeah. Like it's just a good place to take a break. Like I'm not particularly hungry right now at whatever, you know, part I'm at, like as of two days ago. And like, it's a good time to just kind of take a break and sit with it and give my body a time to reset. And normally it shows up for me, like I'll say a week or two before. And I'm like, oh, I really feel like doing like a water fast. And Mm. I really only do that a couple times a year. It's not a normal thing that I do. But I started trying to listen to my body. Like this morning I had an apple, right? I went to yoga. I had an apple. I've had some water. And like I feel pretty good. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like my stomach's not upset. I'm not bloated. I'm not starving. I don't feel like my hormones have control of me. So like today an apple was a good choice. So if I do it again tomorrow and I feel horrible from the apple, I'm probably going to give myself a couple days off of it. Um, It's really starting to listen to your body and also like starting to break down food is really simple. 
Um, we have so many ideas about food. Like everyone I talk to, any of my clients, like they give me a long list of why this, 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 and this doesn't work for them. And most of the time they've never even tried it. So that's like one of the things I really want to ask people, like, can you start getting in touch with your body? Like, are you aware energy's like food is energy? Like it's not something for your taste buds. Like literally it's supposed to energize you. And so if you eat a burger and you feel horrible after and you want to take a nap, like I just ask for you to look at that. Like maybe you don't want to have a burger all the time because mm -hmm. it doesn't really feel good to feel tired in the middle of your day or to fall asleep. Like it definitely isn't a life of vitality, you know? And But if you eat a burger and a burger feels good for you, like feel good about it. Mm -hmm. Like. We don't really need the science of it to understand because there's also another part of it is that um, we're living beings. I mean, we are constantly, we're a biological being and we're constantly changing. Um, if you could get it to a point where you could check my hormones every day, you could check my temperature, you could check where my enzymes out, you could check my blood cells, my white cells, um, you would see every day I have different needs. And how is anyone else going to tell me what my body needs more than me? And so it's getting in touch with your body on a deeper level and actually just paying attention. Um, I think I used an analogy with you about a cell phone, right? Like my cell phone's always at 5%. I mean, <laughs> if you know me, you know, like my phones, I'm like, oh, it's almost I've, dead. I've been on many a phone calls where the phone just dies and I'm like, oh, oh her battery just died. Yeah. I guess I'll hear from her later. But I don't treat my body that way. Yeah. I treat my phone that way. And I think that there's a lot of people where it's exact opposite. They always have their phone charged. They always have everything done, but their body's running on like 2% and they don't stop to charge it. And so what is stopping and charging it look like? Yeah. Uh, getting real with yourself. Like, hey, I feel really bad. I felt really low. Like, I'm going to start working out. I'm going to try to make better choices for myself. I'm going to start to see how food feels, right? Um, another issue I have with food and diets in general is, like, I do so many cleanses. And the way I eat regularly, um, I would guess, compared to how people normally eat like I eat very restricted I think a lot of people would think and like some cleanses I do are so hard for me and I want to know why they think there's a one-size-fits-all to meet everyone so right? this, this is something that you've brought up many times that I think is is really you know in the self-development world and for those that are listening you, you might have heard that book five love languages and we think about Oh, people receive and give love in different ways. And here's five of the main ways, right? Or um, we think of personality types. And, and how do you, how do you, you know, having a business background, you hear in sales like, oh, well, what type of person are you talking to? And how do you meet them and, and their need and meet them in their world? But when it comes to food, it often seems like, like you've mentioned before, there's these one size fits all diet fads or whatever that everybody rushes to. And they don't really consider like, well, what is my body type? What is the, what is the nutrition type that my body needs? To speak to, into that a little bit, if you would. Yeah, and also like, what about my lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's a lot of people I know that want to do keto, a keto diet, which is perfectly fine. But the one of their most favorite things in life is to go out and eat. So it's like, 
yeah, maybe you're going to do the keto diet for like a month or two, but like, is it really sustainable to your lifestyle? Right? Like, are you willing to give up your love of food to stick to this one plan? Um, I believe that our bodies are seasonal, so it's pretty hard to break down. Um, it's probably one of the reasons I have a hard time doing it because like, I really believe in self responsibility, right? Doing what? I'm sorry. Uh, eating seasonally, like having an idea of how much your body needs. So it's kind of hard for me to break down like what I think in my head and have it come out verbally, but I'm going to do my best. Um, I constantly tell people all the time, like about fruit. I just had this epiphany one time because, you know, I was going to go eat a second orange or something. And I was like, Oh, should I have a second orange? Like there's so much sugar and like, you don't want to have that. And like, I just had a vision of like an orange tree. And like, if we were on a walkabout, right? Like Mm. we're not that far in history from when we actually like had to live off the land and there weren't supermarkets or year round things. And I was like, if I walked up on an orange tree, like I would have made camp. I probably (laughs) would have eaten oranges until I was sick. I would never wonder about the sugar content or the calorie content. Mm -hmm. And I just think when you start to look at things that way, you start to see that each fruit and vegetable has a huge amount of vitamins and minerals. And that possibly if we eat a lot of it uh, for a small amount of time, what would be a season of it, right? Like in fall, I want you to eat tons of apples, but like I want, I don't want you to have an apple a day because your body needs to have different foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my thought on it is, is that my body knows how to store fat. I have no science background. I just want to be very clear <laughs> on that, you know, and no medical background whatsoever besides being a mom. And um, there's so many different vitamins and minerals that everything has, right? Like if you look at oranges, if you look at mangoes, if you look at lemons, if you look at apples, if you look at pears, all of them have their own formula or recipe of vitamins and minerals. And in the body, I believe our bodies can store fat. So I believe our bodies can store vitamins and minerals. Like that just makes sense to me in my head. And so I think sometimes like if we're not giving our body a chance, if we eat an apple a day every day, you're giving your body that to go ahead and grab off of and it never has to go for the stored vitamins and minerals, which like I call it the abundance factor. Whenever I eat anything in abundance, whether it be wheat, rice, almond milk, regular milk, um, the overabundance causes disease in me. Mm. Even of the good stuff? Even of the good stuff. Like, I went gluten-free for three years. Mm. I replaced everything with brown rice. Every one of my symptoms came back, but Mm. it was caused by brown rice. Mm. And then I started thinking about it, and I was like, you know, rice, wheat, potatoes, all of those things, they have a longer season, right? Because they have a shelf life. We learned how to store them, right? Mm. But you would have run out. It would have been like, oh, no, there's no more rice. We can't have it until next season. And I don't think we treat foods like that. Um, I just think that you're supposed to give your body a break from some of the things and nothing's a daily uh, formula. Like you can't have eggs every day with cheese on them and toast and have spinach and then you have a Cobb salad for lunch and then you eat a chicken breast with broccoli your body needs more variety mm. if you think of yourself as a biological being. Mm-hmm. 
right? And if we weren't supposed to make our own recipe and formula, like, why wouldn't we be just like a tree that only <laughs> needs water and sunlight, mm-hmm. right? If this wasn't part of, of life, right, is really learning your body, learning how to treat your body, and doing the best you can to come up with a recipe for what works for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> problem, problem with it is, though, is that it's not just one recipe. Mm-hmm. You have to change the recipe all the time. Okay, well, that sounds like total chaos for the average person. Like, because the average person wants to be told, "Here's the, you know, the ten steps that you need to do, and you're gonna, you know, feel a certain way or whatever." How does how does somebody take that and actually? direct their lives with that? So I'm trying to start working on it. I mean, I think a lot of it is just doing sort of personal cleanses. It's one of the things I'm trying to do. Like what are foods in the season that you actually like? And let's get you some recipes to that and let's see how you can work from there. Right. right? Yep. Uh, I also am asking people like very simple questions. Like none of it needs to be complicated, but like, let's take, for instance, you think fruit's bad for you, right? I don't know if you do, but a lot of people do. You don't want to eat too much fruit. Fruit, sugar, right? Mm-hmm. Even though it's a natural sugar, it's a mm-hmm. sugar. And so if you take fruit, like with one of my clients, I would just say to them, like, hey, how about for a week you eat fruit in the morning and see how you feel mm-hmm. before you've already decided that it's a horrible food? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's so much information out there but it's so hard to understand and everyone says they have the cure all for it. But I also, from being in this, you know, in the health industry for a long time, like I know a lot of people who have written the books and done it. And like a lot of them do have autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. A lot of them have body challenges. Like they aren't, their program's not working for them in a long term. Yeah, I, this is this is one of those things where I feel like you're really onto something with the idea of meeting people in their specific needs. Um, you talked about we we were chatting on the phone. I think it was yesterday. And you were talking about just the different regional needs and the different regional cultural oh, foods and how that affects. Describe like the difference. So in- that's really interesting because my son actually brought it to my. Uh, he did an essay on it in college. He's right? a little more educated than me. Um, <laughs> But he did. Yeah, it was one of his final papers. And it was actually on how uh, biology works um, in terms of ancestry with uh, it takes so long for your body to be able to break down foods and for you to have the enzymes and everything needed for them. And so where you come from regionally, you're born with a set amount of enzymes that know how to break down certain foods. So like, I do super good with potatoes. I've never understood why people don't like them, but I'm mainly European. And so that would make really a lot of sense if I look back at my ancestry and regionally where my family came from, that for tens of thousands of years, uh, my ancestors, not on purpose, but I've been working so that my stomach can take more things. And um, my kids are half East Indian and half me and like none of them have problems like I do with beans or rice. And so I think it's really interesting if you start looking at that. And I believe like now we've really meshed everything. I mean, now we are kind of the world's more of a melting pot. Right. 
But it's like looking at that, like I know beans don't really work for me. So it's like, am I going to try to have them be a main component in my life? Right. And the answer is no. And I think there's a lot of people that don't really care that it affects their body because they love it so much. Like I have friends that eat Mexican every day and it wreaks havoc on their system. Right. You know, so I think that's like the self responsibility part is like once you start realizing what works for you, it doesn't mean give it up completely, but it means don't do it. Right. You know, all the time. Don't have it be a regular. One of the things that you said on the phone yesterday when we were chatting that I thought was really brilliant was so many people think about what weight they want to weigh and they don't oh, yeah. really think about how they want to feel. Yeah. I, like that's genius uh, to me because there's so many people. I've, I mean, I've been that. That's right. how I know it. You know, all I cared about was my body. Like, oh my God, dear God, give me a six pack and I swear I'll be happy. Right. I'll be a happy person that gives if you give me a six pack. <laughs> right. um, calories, weight, um, kind of all of it, like we're obsessed with it and we don't really go just to feel good. Like I don't weigh myself at all. Um, I know if I've gained weight by if my pants fit or how snug a dress is and like that's enough for me to know like I need to shift. Um, I just don't weigh myself because I could become obsessive with it and so I let myself off the hook there. Um, I'm, I'm not a number, like I'm a beautiful, sexy woman kind of at any size I am and I need to own it. Um, I believe you should have an idea of the way you want to look, um, or the way you want your body to, but nothing is more important than the way you feel. It isn't like Mm -hmm. I got out of yoga today and like, I felt so good inside and like that wouldn't change if I had abs or if I weighed three pounds less, like I felt good. Mm -hmm. So like, can't I celebrate that without another, you know, mark or goal that I have to check off? Like, can't I just show up to take care of my body and to take care of me and not have a goal? I think as a woman too, you have more of a uh, connection to body than maybe men do. Women seem to, you know, your body is such an integral component to your identity. Whereas I feel like men maybe feel more like it's a tool, like my physical strength can be used to apply to something as opposed to, I mean, obviously men, you know, <laughs> look in the mirrors too and, and, you know, do I have a six pack or not and all that kind of stuff. But um, there's a, there's sort of a divine intuition I think you have as a woman with your body and feeling into your body and listening to your body that most men maybe are not as in touch with. Um, maybe men are supposed to be learning that from women. I a hundred percent agree with that. I hundred percent. With that's, being in touch with it. Yeah, and that's part of that's part of my <laughs> another reason why I wanted you to have you on the call and why I think to some degree it sounds unconventional because my masculine male brain wants to like put these things into compartments and what's the steps and the process and how do we get how do we achieve the goal of you know losing weight or this or that or whatever and and you're really coming at it from a wildly different angle which I think is opening my mind to understanding a, a deeper intuition within me of, of a, how do you feel? You know, what is your, right. what is your body telling you? What, you know, I used to live in South Florida and we used to eat a lot of seafood and, and things like that and more natural stuff. And then I moved to the Midwest and there's tons of chain foods here and you have to, you know, for me, I live out in the suburbs, so I have to drive 30 minutes if I want to go anywhere that has really good cuisine that's fresh and, and local or whatever. 
And I found that when I first moved here, I was eating a lot of crap. I was working nine to five. I was eating a lot of fast food even during the day. And I, I realized once I shifted my diet um, to things that were more organic and healthier and less sugars and less carbs and all that, I found that my body was definitely more receptive to those intuitions. Whereas before I was right. just kind of in this numb blast. Yeah. Like it just, oh, it's horrible. <laughs> Um, so, cause I, I do connect with that idea of, you know, I'm really, I don't know why, but I'm craving, uh, fruits today, or I, I really feel like I need a salad right now or something. It just feels yeah, like, it's like we don't listen to our body a lot of time. Like your body will kind of tell you what you need if you listen, you know, and you just have to make sure it's your body and not your brain. And the way you can check that is how do I feel after I ate it? Mm -hmm. Right. So like if I felt really good after I ate it, then you know, I, I was listening to my body and it's probably something my body needed. I think another barometer too is who am I doing this for? Um, oh, like, like you 100%. said, when you think about the six pack or whatever, it, am I doing it to, you know, to get other people's approval or love or affection, or whatever, or is it oh, because yeah. I'm wanting to feel better about myself or whatever? I mean, there was a huge life lesson for me. Um, you know, I used to model when I was 16. So I definitely have had, um, body issues and if I eat to live or if I live to eat or what part of it is. And I think so many women have body issues and we haven't really been taught to celebrate ourselves. It's always just like the next level. And um, I feel like we do it and it's kind of like our body mask of the world. Like I can show everyone like if I look good, like people will think I'm doing good. Mm -hmm. And um I found for me, it feels so much better when I go there to work out for myself and just to like, I don't, it's like I'm paying tribute to my body, right? Like I'm 41 and I feel stronger than I did at 21. Well, you, you're beautiful. I mean, and if I could put you up on a pedestal for anything for women, it would be this issue in and of itself is one of the things I really respect and admire about you is you are unapologetic in your own sense of self-love. And I know a little bit about, of your backstory <laughs> and how much unlove that you gave yourself over the years and beat yourself up. So it's a beautiful transition. But I, I, I really admire the fact that you appreciate who you are, the way you look, and not feel guilty about it. It, it just it is what it is and love yourself for that. And I think a lot of women could learn a lot from from that message and that, to, you know, to model what you're doing there. Yeah, I feel like I'm finally going like it's like, you know, an onion peeling back. Right. But like literally I am so in love with myself. Yeah. Like I am my best friend. Like I'm the only one that's going to be here on the earth with me from the time I arrived until the time I left. Um, I know when I feel full, like I'm so much more giving to others. Like I love doing for people. And when I feel empty in myself, like, all I do is kind of get depressed and go inward. And so I found that loving myself means I'm able to love kind of everyone. And I'm also able to fall in love with the aspects of my life that maybe I wouldn't be if I, you know, yep. like being a mom, you know, having hopes and dreams and, and hearing no all the time. Like you have got to love yourself because no one's going to show up for you and give you the life you want. What do you think has been if you're willing to share this, what, what do you think has been your darkest point? Ooh, there's been quite a few. <laughs> um, well, shit. Uh, darkest point, 
darkest point, probably losing my mom because it was just final, right? Mm -hmm. Going through my mom being sick for a few years and losing her was Mm -hmm. probably the darkest moment of my life. One of the reasons why I asked you that is because because you so eloquently and unfilteredly share how you have self-love and all that. To, to give people a sense of the depth and the journey that you've been on <laughs> from where you've been. Easy. Because- I mean, I can tell you at 36, I'm 41, <laughs> I was on my closet floor. I mean, I have, I have so many poems written about it, but literally I was on my closet floor contemplating if I even wanted to be alive. I mean, I had to look at the depths of myself. I had become bitter. Like I was definitely, I felt like it was a choice I had either to become fulfilled and loving or become bitter and angry. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I had kind of been given a raw deal. Um, I felt like I was a fake and a fraud because everyone thought I had this great life. And I, inside, I really didn't feel like I did. And so that was one of the darker moments was, um, thinking that like my kids would almost be better off without me here. Hmm. That's, and, pretty, that's pretty dark. Yeah, yeah. That's what brought me to the trainings that we did together, yeah. you know, but it's like, it was dark, but also like one of the most fulfilling moments. Like I was telling someone today, like, Oh my God, I wish rainbows and unicorns existed for me. <laughs> I get like glimpses of them, you know, but like it, they don't, right. it, it's getting through with like a grace and an ease in this life and knowing that life's going to happen to you. You know, I constantly am up against things. I constantly have self doubts. I constantly have, but I know how to pull myself out of it now. Mm -hmm. Now I don't let myself dig too deep. You know, Mm -hmm. I try to find solutions instead of proof that, you know, I am unlovable. Mm -hmm. What's your, what's your best advice for somebody who might be feeling that right now? I'm I'm giving you the you're worthy Mm. I mean if it's a man or a woman like you're a god or a goddess and like I just say it as like there's no amount of cells that make up the same person like you're on the planet for a reason and you have to love yourself to find your worthiness but you definitely are worthy Mm -hmm. yeah can you hear and like I said all of it, the passion, you know, my growth, it's all made in pain. You know, when I'm phenomenal and everything's going great, like my life isn't changing. I'm not learning or growing. And so now when the pain shows up, I've kind of invited in like, ooh, what is this showing me? What do I get to see? You know, like, ooh, that's so interesting. That really stung. That was so painful. (laughs) Right? Like kind of an awareness of me with it. But like, that's where I grow. And so like, I don't want an easy life. I do not want a pill anymore. Like I want every lesson this planet has to offer me. Yeah, I, I want that. to feel the pain. I want to show up and I just want to try to grow through all of it. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Um, pretty big. I have pretty big dreams. So we're getting vulnerable. Like I would love to have an empire that is helping people find their way to health, helping people find their way to self-love and, um, I leave a little room, but I live in Hawaii, so maybe a beach in Tahiti celebrating like a New York Times bestseller would go. be pretty amazing. Um, and I, at some point, would love to be like J.K. Rowling, just in the fact of coming off, you know, a really big money list because she gave so much away. Hmm. 
And so in 10 years, I'd like to have the energy and abundance to really make changes in the world in places I see they need to be made. Love that. Love that. You've got the um, you've got the cookbook coming out here shortly. Which Good Food Gratitude. I was just going to say, I love the name. Good Food Gratitude. That's <laughs> Those are two things that actually really changed my life are good food and gratitude. In what I way? mean, uh, well, good food is kind of how I first started off on a diet and it changed my physical body. I yeah. think um, I became a lighter person. Um, one thing that I think is really interesting, and I don't, maybe people talk about it because I don't watch the news very much and um, I read mainly self help books. So, <laughs> but um, one of the things that I find fascinating is that where do you feel your emotions? How do you mean? Like, do you feel your emotions in your stomach a lot oh. of times? Um, I guess it depends on what emotion. Yeah, like fear. Uh, stomach or chest. Yeah, so like, for me as a woman, like my intuition, kind of everything comes from my stomach, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure about men, but I think like a lot of women do. And we don't really see a correlation between food and mood. Um, but all of your emotions, a lot of times do come from that area. And then it's also the area you're processing food. And so that's something that I've really seen a link on in terms of the foods I eat and the mood I have. Um, it, it plays a big role. Well, I can't really tell uh, I forget the science, I, but it's, it's simple. I was going to say, no, I no, forget no. where I saw this, but it was um, having to do with your gut and like the leaky gut syndrome or whatever and, and how how much your gut and the and the digesting of food and the either the toxins or the chemicals that are released based on what you're eating affects exactly the, the yeah. chemistry of your body, which therefore affects your mood, which therefore affects your emotions, which affects your actions and your thoughts. I mean, it, it, it's there is a direct correlation to the food that you put in your body and your life, really. Yeah, like I don't have any studies, but I know I've done enough cleansing that a lot of times when I add certain foods back in, I'll have like anger outbursts and I can't make any sense out of them. Like I'm like, God, I just felt fine. And like, I'll just like snap. And it's like, it's happened enough times where I'm like, I can't, I can't help but see the correlation. No more like, oh my God, everything you get off peppers. a cleanse and then I add like more food in. You know, what, what and was, the thing is, what was the food that caused the anger? Normally it's wheat. When I add wheat back in oh, after fuck. doing like a gluten, actually grains. But the <laughs> thing is, is this is the deal is that once I eat it a few times, I don't have that, right? Like your body gets used to it. There's probably some enzymes that can break it down or help you move it out. But oh, that's for me, whenever I'm coming <laughs> off of them, I definitely notice things like that. And so... I really do think food is the first place that sets your mood. And then gratitude, um, just when I started keeping a list of what I'm grateful for, um, especially like a handwritten list instead of, um, well, you know, a mental list of everything that I'm not grateful for, <laughs> right. it uh, it definitely changed my life. Um, changes so, the whole projection, yeah. Yeah, so Good Food Gratitude is just um, super happy with the name of the cookbook. Well, I've had uh, the advantage of seeing some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. I mean, and the photography on it and the style, it looks phenomenal. I'm excited to get uh, my, I'm so excited. my author-signed, <laughs> approved, advanced copy. <laughs> Done. Um, what's, your, what's your what's your do you are do you if you if you could wave a magic wand and just have whatever? Would you be eating out a lot, or do you like to stay in and cook? I like eating out when I travel, but oh, I love cooking. Mm -hmm. 
being in a kitchen is really meditative to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can relate to that. Do, I, you, do you bake at all or is it, it 100%? Oh, it, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's like actually my real love. Okay. It's baking. I don't eat a lot of pastries these days. But, but. with baking, you have to be so precise. Does that – do you? no. I don't know. I think there's been like I think we've been sold a lot of stuff. That's not really wow, true. You're really breaking the mold here. Oh my god. I don't know. People have always told me that and I think part of it's true, but like at this point, like I make stuff all the time freehand that's baking. Is that right? Yeah, guess what? The recipe originally was made freehand, I Ooh. guarantee you. At Ooh. some point Touché. when they were making it, there were nothing. <laughs> they were like, There's no more eggs. Someone's like, Try water. Well, if you if you follow Holland's Instagram, like the, some of the stuff that you, you publish there, I'm like, there's no way that that's healthy. But then, you know, I've seen the ingredients and I've had the pleasure of eating some of it, uh, having visited out there before. It's phenomenal. Like it I think there's a there's a misnomer that people think, oh, if I eat healthy, I, ha- I have to sacrifice. I have to sacrifice yeah. good taste. I have to sacrifice feeling full. And that's been a huge awakening for me and in, in having to known you and gone out to all the vegan places that we ate in L.A. <laughs> Everywhere I've dragged you. Yeah. L.A. Vegan heaven. It is Anyone kind of, who lives in LA and says they can't eat vegan food is out of their mind. That's true. <laughs> St. Louis might be a little different. Um, it makes it a little bit more difficult, but. Um, actually on that note, what, what do you say to somebody who's in an area where they're, where it's not vegan haven, if they're interested in well, eating healthier, funny, right? Like in eating healthier. Cause I, I fell into this too. There's like no restaurants in the town, um, our main town here really where I can eat. And I was driving one day and I was like, God, there's nowhere to eat. No, 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 no. Um, and I was like, Oh, there's a grocery store and I can buy three bananas and I can grab two apples. And that's probably a healthier meal than I've had all week for Mm -hmm. my body, Mm -hmm. you know? And so a lot of it is like, if you don't have it around you, like the internet's fabulous for giving people ideas or just eat vegetables and fruits in their whole form. Mm. Um, and there's, I guarantee you in five years, like every fast food place will have a vegan menu. So I can't say that's healthier, but I can say that it will be, yeah, Starbucks even now is rolling out. Like I think in Europe they've already done it, but they have complete vegan menus now. Mm. Um, yeah, we're getting very popular, Peter. Well, the I, there's, I mean, I think there's, I think more and more people are getting, maybe not full blown vegan, but I think. Like one of the one of the big shifts that I've made in my eating habits is eating primarily more things that have come out of the earth as opposed yeah. to processed stuff. Like just for anybody who's listening, if you don't think that – if you know that you're already eating healthy, that's fine. But if you aren't sure, go look in your fridge. Go look in your pantry. Look at all the things that are processed. It's incredible the amount of things that we eat that are processed. From, oh, it's horrible. Oh, it's horrible. And that's the kind of stuff that I think really – like I can feel when I eat it, like I can feel my body just really start to slow down and have to churn through all that as opposed to when I eat alive things, it, it goes right through, you know, and it's, it, it's it you feel the energy off of it. And but, the thing is, is like, this is what I have to say. I grew up eating pretty regular. I was a vegetarian, but I switched over to eating everything when I kind of switched. And I know that when you're just eating regular and you're not really thinking about food, as a health tool, you're not really thinking about it. And so what I would say to him is that on the opposite side of it, there's vitality, there's health, there's knowing your body on a deeper level. Um, And it doesn't mean giving everything up. It's just like, 
you know, kind of understanding what are plus foods for you and what are negative foods and making sure you're always staying neutral or in the positive. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, and yes, sorry, I was going to ask you, can you hear my dog going nuts in the background? Oh, hi, Sadie. She's freaking out. (laughs) It's Holland. Um, but back to the cookbook. So I'm super excited about it. Um, it kind of is more the foods I did probably when I transitioned, I wanted to have something that was, um, a really easy transition for people to eat and kind of give them ideas of foods they can have in a healthier, easier form. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't have any judgment on what anyone does. Uh, I really do believe that fruits and vegetables are pretty much free foods. Um, I've never been like, oh, my God, I weigh too many vegetables today. I feel horrible. (laughs) Um, They're free foods. And one of the things I say, tons of people tell me like, oh, I don't feel full off vegan foods. I can't feel full. Like eat four salads. I don't care. It's probably healthier than the hamburger and fries you're going to have. Yeah, true. Like keep eating vegan food yeah. until you're full. Yeah. Have two sweet potatoes with a salad. Like see what real feel like really feeling satiated feels like. Um, because I think a lot of people like, you know, on Thanksgiving where you're like, oh, I'm so full. Like I think a lot of people uh, believe that's the way you're supposed to feel when mm. you're full. And it's not, you, you can feel completely satiated and feel like at ease and still have your energy. And so I don't think people will really understand that till they take the steps and also like mentally kind of making notes on it. Like, Oh, I felt really great after that Caesar salad. I'm going to order that more often. Go figure. Um, Yeah. I have to take a pause really quick because my dog is freaking out. I really apologize. Yeah. Give me What'd a second. This is the first time she's ever done this. I don't know what her deal is. Maybe she's. I don't know what the deal. Is. I'll be. I'll be right back. See. Sorry about that. Could you not hear her? She was going crazy. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, uh, You make, you bring up so many good points. Um, And again, this is, this is the stuff that I, I, you know, I feel like. And this is another thing. I know, I know that people. Wait, hold on. I have to cut you off. Do you remember when we were sitting on the Monica Pier uh, and uh, Santa Monica Pier and you were talking and I think you would ask me like if you interrupt too much and I started to reply and you completely interrupted me as I was replying and then I'm like and you looked at me and you're like did I just do it again I'm like yeah (laughs) (laughs) I do remember one of six kids I mean I think everyone 
I think we have to be honest too, is that it actually is a lot easier to see how we feel with food than it is to follow someone else's program. It's a lot of work to follow someone's program and to follow all the things they have and eat at the exact same time. And like even questioning eating six times a day, like possibly sometimes your body needs that much energy, but I guarantee it's not every single day that your body wakes up and needs the same thing. Or every single body type. Hello, right? we're all different, right? Yeah, yeah. Different metabolisms, we're so different, and we change. Like my body at forty-one is totally different than what my body needs at twenty-one. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's but a good point. if I'm doing a cleanse with a twenty-one-year-old, we're both on the same thing. Yeah. Go figure. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, you, where did you grow up again? San Francisco. Yeah, right outside of San Francisco in the Bay Area. Okay. Um, and you said that you ate just regular food or normal food growing up for the most I was part? I like a vegetarian growing up for the most part. Yeah. And then in high school, I added meat into my diet. And you just went vegan how long ago? 10 years ago, did you say? Like almost 12 years ago. 12 years ago. Interesting. Interesting. Do you Does your body ever say to you, Holland? Steak, juicy steak. It's delicious. Never. It's kind of funny. When I'm cleansing, sometimes foods will smell good to me. I actually get like a super heightened uh, sense, which I think is like when we're hungry, we're supposed to like be able to sniff out food. Uh, And, you know, at times like a steak, I can smell that and like it will smell good or something else will, but never. I mean, I don't miss dairy at all. I mean, I've been very fortunate in the fact that like, as soon as I found like just eating vegan, it just kind of worked for me. Yeah. And so like, I don't know, like I have a portobello mushroom steak and like I have that with some mashed potatoes and I make a little mushroom gravy and some broccoli and like, I love it. But is there, is there a part of you that's, uh, that doesn't eat that for, because of you're killing an animal kind of a thing? You know, when I started, it was definitely about health, but like, I am so proud at the fact of how many animals haven't been killed because I've eaten this way for 12 years. And I definitely, like, it only takes a couple of Google searches for anyone to see, like, how exploited animals are in this world. Um, So that was kind of a plus one for me on being vegan. Yeah. Um, What I I like about, though, you is you're not a, like, militant vegan. Like, I can sit next to you and have a steak or something, and you're not gonna roll your eyes or attack me. Or did you know? And blah blah blah. And this is. Whatever. I might send you a text later. Yeah. Well, I might get a <laughs> kick in the shins under the table. Nobody else will see it. But I work very hard on not being judgmental and trying to remember that before I knew anything about food, I only thought about how good food tasted, and yeah. so I try to humble myself. But I can be a very righteous vegan in well, the. Wrong circumstances. <laughs> I mean, I think I think there is something to be said though for meat eating. I mean, I think we are uh, omnivores, and you know, we have the we're predators. Um, yeah. And so, and and I think maybe, and this could be a, a male side of things, but there's times where I'm like, I need to eat meat. Like, I need to eat. I need to sink my teeth into a steak, you know. And yeah. it just the, my body's telling me that I need to have that protein and that whatever. But I do think that there's something really That's big. What I'm saying is like, 
how do you feel after you have the steak? And that's where I want you to check in. Like, do I feel good? How do I feel waking up the next day? I will tell you, I've shifted my, so I used to, when I used to eat steak or whatever, it was like all you can eat. And I would eat that and potatoes and all this stuff. And now if I do it, six ounces is more than enough for me to feel full. And I- Yeah, so you found like your good- Yes. Compromise with it. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, I can't tell you what your body needs. I can't tell you just because I'm vegan and it worked for me that that's what your body needs. Yeah. Like that would just be silly if I thought that. Yeah. And and I used to. I used to think I could save the whole world with vegan food and save people from disease and, you know, different things. But I see like now I'm just here to save me and try to have the most, you know, um, fabulous life I can and hopefully – support people with where they are and them finding like what vitality means to them. So like, I don't take any offense to meat eaters buying my vegan cookbook. And if they have chicken on the side of my mashed potatoes that are healthier, Mm -hmm. like I'm not here to judge anyone where they're at. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I I was going to ask you something last minute. I thought, I think that, Oh, I was going to say that that's much more persuasive. I find that you're not here to judge anybody. It's not a self-righteous thing. You're living your life. You're found. You're finding um, great health benefits from it, and and as I personally have discovered, having eaten a lot with you in, in LA and the v- different vegan restaurants, like oh wow, this does taste better. A, it does make me feel better. B, um, I can feel full. Uh, yeah. All of the reasons why I like to eat food in the first place can be achieved in a healthier diet. I I still like meat. I still like to eat, you know, steak and things like that. But I have found that these gradual shifts for myself over the last, say, 10 years, and my brother's been a big influence on that because he's a big um, fitness health person as well. Yeah, Johnny's incredible. Yeah, he's awesome. So, and and like that influence and just eating more greens um, and butter, like I now eat the, the, uh, what is it, the uh, Earth Balance butter which is a i guess a plant-based oh, god that's butter. a game changer it's when delicious. i had that i was like i can be vegan yeah if exactly like this i can be vegan. <laughs> I can do this. <laughs> yeah do you uh are you a big uh smoothie person yeah you know what i just had a smoothie um not that long ago right before we got on the call uh i've noticed that i feel better when i have a smoothie yeah. um i feel like my whole system works better and so i try to have like a smoothie a day i used to do tons of protein shakes but like checking in with myself um i kind of feel better about having fruit than i do too much protein powder right now just do you with juice all the it all? everything I don't do juices that much. I used to do juices all the time and juice cleanses. Uh, But at this point, like, uh, juices were never meals for me. I would always, like, if I was listening to my body, I normally felt hungry after I had them. Mm -hmm. And so they would always be something for me that I would have, like, more as a snack or, like, as a healthy, like, drink. But I, yeah, I don't do them a lot just because I would rather have fiber and feel full. Do you have any uh, recommendation or recommendations or advice for getting more greens in your body? Because I know I need more greens, but it's it, yeah. it seems like laborious. One in one at night, baby. I got I got <laughs> hints on greens all day long. What'd you say? Uh, you can buy. I have hints on greens hints all on day greens. long. Um, I would, number one, you can get a really high quality dried green powder and you can add that to water with a little lemon and have that in your bottle all day long. So you're getting a steady stream of it. 
um, add greens to any smoothie. You can do collard greens. You can do kale. You can do Swiss chard. You can add any lettuce to a smoothie. Um, you kind of want to have a high-powered blender because that really whips them so that they're just pulverized completely. Yeah. Um, I would say sautéing greens, phenomenal. Spinach, a little olive oil and salt or add a little tamari to it. It's good with every meal, and literally you can almost eat like a full bag of kale if you saute it down. And I just do it with water. I don't use any oil. Oh, really? I add, I, yeah, instead of oil, I put water in the pan huh. so it steams it a little, and then it just wilts really quick, and there's right. no added fat to it. And then just a little salt or tamari and some pepper. Oh, that sounds good. Um, and then salads. I think you should have a salad at any meal. Uh, I think romaine lettuce is maybe 20 calories per cup. So like, oh, 160 calories if you eat eight cups of romaine. Yeah. I think it's really good for chewing as well. Um, lettuce is more watery than it is actually in terms of like nutrition. Okay. But uh, that's so, a great so way too. Kale is better then? Uh, they're all good. You want to switch them. It's like seasonality, right? Okay. You want to switch your greens all the time. That too. Like, oh, I only eat romaine. I'm like, your poor body. <laughs> You only it's eat romaine lettuce. Kale. There's like a hundred different lettuces that all have different vitamins and minerals. So that's the thing. Like vary it. Mm -hmm. Give your body it. Think of food as like the multivitamin you're buying, right? Like, oh, I want a little dark green. And then I bet the light green has something. And I would love a little deep red. And, you know, let's yeah. grab an orange. Like think of eating like your vitamin, your body up. What I, I spent a week uh, out in Northern California many years ago at a survival school or something like that, and we learned all this stuff about primitive living and building structure, uh, shelters. and But one of the most fascinating days was the day on food and nutrition and plants. And um, what really hit home for me in that experience was how the earth supplies every need that you have. And I think we sometimes get into this um, trap, this mental trap that, oh, I have to have vitamins. I have to, I have, you know, I, I know so many people that, you know, pound 20, 30, 40, 50 pills a day um, to get the nutrients that they need. And it's like the earth is already providing that for you. There's that famous uh, Lewis, oh, yeah. Lewis, did you hear that one Lewis C.K. bit where he's like, where he, he where God comes back and he's like, what are you what are you doing? Oh, yeah. I, it's right there. It's on the floor. Just pick it up. Yeah, it's right there. Doing? Oh my God, comedians have a way of pointing out things that are so true in yeah. life, and um, it is true. I feel that way about vitamins. Like, I don't think you should take a multivitamin every day. Like, you're never giving your body a chance to like expel the vitamins it has. Like. Mm. You know, it's like what they say, like with chapstick, you don't want to use chapstick every day because then your body's going to lose the ability to create moisture. And it's mm. like, I believe that's true with the vitamins. Um, but I'll like go super heavy on them for a month and then I'll see how I feel. Yeah. But like we do things without checking how we feel like, oh, the doctor said I should take a multivitamin every day. So I've done it for the last 30 years Even though I feel and miserable. they have no idea if they feel better with it or without it. Yeah. Like no one's checking on. Like we're by, they, everyone wants this like plan, like it's like building a house and it's like, no, we're biological beings, mm -hmm. right? And everybody's a little different. And every, and you change all the time. You're going to change with age, with hormones. You'll change if you slow down or if you change up, like how much exercise you're getting, like mm -hmm. you're biological, you know, I mean, you were talking about cleansing different areas of the body and I called, I 
don't really think you can do that. I think that if you're in disease and one part of your body or one part of your body needs cleansing, all of it does because like it's all supposed to work together. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, it's a system. Right. So how do you know, how do you know, this is one of the things I'm thinking about right now from my health wise is it, it intuitively there feels like a deficiency in something how do I figure out what that is? I mean, obviously we want to listen to the, like I said before, there are times where I have a fruit craving or a salad or whatever, but right. what if That's you're not actually fe- eating, but like if you're an illness or you feel like something's off where right. you actually start with that. Yeah. Like I do start with like supplements or vitamins, right. In terms of what it is. And I see if I feel better after taking it. Okay. If you think it's your adrenals, if you feel like it's your liver or kidney, like I would look up foods that support those, but there's no way to just cleanse one area of it. Right. Like, so kind of check in with your body and see where you feel. I mean, we have such a resource in terms of the internet that it, it's not too hard to kind of start figuring things out. Like, For me, earlier in the year, like I had tons of like urinary stuff that was bugging me, right? Just like at a complete age change and different (laughs) things. And like what I was able to figure out is that like I needed to add in like 24 more ounces of water. And if I went to the doctor and this is nothing against Western medicine because I believe it has its point in all different things. And if you're using medicine and it's working for you, like that's great. But like they would have put me on five pills and like just me upping my water, like I think I have to 24 ounces or whatever every day, all of my symptoms are gone, right? And so some of this stuff is just simple. It's not science. It's like, listen to your body. Mm -hmm. What does it tell you? You know, if Mm -hmm. something seems off or is different, like pay attention to it and like pay attention as you eat things, if it makes it feel better or worse, and then kind of go from there, you know? Do you, um, you, you mentioned yoga. Do you do any other exercise? Uh, actually, I'm on a 30-day yoga challenge right now. I um, I became aware of how many promises I break to myself, and so <laughs> I'm only making promises I keep. Um, and so uh, I'm on 30 days of yoga, but for the last four years, I've just done Pilates two days a week, and that always seemed like enough for me to stay active. But you, you get out and uh, walk, though, right? Yeah, I mean, I live in Hawaii, so yeah. we have a very active lifestyle just right. naturally. Right. Um, but there's times I fall off the train. I mean, normally I'll be like, oh, I'm so tired. God, I've been kind of depressed lately. I don't know what's going on. And then I'm always like a light bulb. I'm like, oh, you haven't worked out in like two months. Yep. Oh, my God. Yep. And it's like I'm not even someone that loves working out. I've I found so much in in yoga and Pilates and been able to connect to my body for it. Yeah. But I'm not like someone that like it's like yes, get me to the gym. Yeah. You know, it's like I have to show up every day because I want to take care of this body. That's it. Like I want this body to feel better. Yeah. You know, if I'm my own best friend, like don't I want the best for myself? Mm-hmm. Right. But I'll tell you this: like once you're in your shit. You can swear on podcast, right? How fuck yeah. <laughs> so like once you're in your shit, like, I don't know. I feel like you're supported in your shit and yeah. you better pull yourself out. Yeah. One of my favorite things, you know, Mel Robbins. Uh, yeah. The five, five second rule. Yeah. Um, but one of my favorite things she said to me, and it was like such a light bulb moment. And it was like, no one tells you as an adult, you're supposed to mother yourself. Hmm. 
You are? Yeah. Because I treat myself like a kid. Like, I'm like, get off that computer and go outside. Yeah. Go enjoy life. Yeah. You know? And so that was kind of a big thing for me where I was like, oh, I'm my mom. I'm my own mom. Mm. So, like, I need to nurture that and nurture nurture me into growing into, like, a beautiful being. I think, that, well, that's a big thing that we you learn in uh, personal development is that all of us, you know, we, we walk around and we think that we're – uh, mature adults, and in many cases we are, but it's the metaphor I've used to describe before is kind of like a growing tree, right? And, a, and when a tree is a sapling, if that tree gets a scar, if it gets hit by an axe or uh, something else or whatever, that the the tree rings as that tree grows, you can still see the reverberations of that uh, of that scar thirty years later in the tree if you were to cut it. So. Yeah. That, that's exactly how we are, even though we're adults and we're, and we're mature and we understand things now, we can filter, you know, toxicity and stuff like that out of our <laughs> lives. Um, we still have that inner child that didn't do that. And, and it still feels hurt by, you know, when the teacher yelled at us or when our parents got mad at us or whatever. And if we don't be the parent to our own inner child. And I know this is getting a little uh, off track and, and to some cases, you know, some people These think These are my woo-woo. favorite conversations. I know. Well, this is the kind of stuff that I, I always kind of hesitate a little bit because I think sometimes people aren't, you have to be ready to, to get into that, you know? Yeah. Um, it, for somebody that's just casually listening to that. I it for it, a long time. Like I that? was like, yeah, I hear what they're saying, but not me. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, flashback to you and I next to each other just bawling our eyes out going, oh my God. <laughs> so we had uh, f- there's a there's a, a transformation program that we went to in LA that we've already mentioned many times in this call. But there was um, there was three different levels of this program, and in the middle level it was probably the most intense, where we were going through the emotional turmoil and going back to that sapling stage and finding all the scars that we had. <laughs> we didn't know we were there, uh, and uh, and then part of that experience as well was. Um, almost becoming like a a kid again and letting go of inhibition, realizing how much of our action and our behavior is uh, directed by what we think other people want. Uh, Yeah. And trying to get their love and approval. It's like our box, right? We're in our box. Don't step out of that. Exactly. So, so a big part of the program was stretching us beyond that and getting us outside of that. Um, And do you remember some of the, uh, I remember at one point, I kid you not. I was I was I was dressed up in a clown suit. <laughs> I think my, I have a picture of it on top of it. Do you? I think so. I, I think my task for the day was to go out and dance with people or something like. I can't even really remember. Mm-hmm. But talk about like getting out of your box. So I ended up going out to this one park, and there was this. Um, there's an African American family. There's probably. I don't know, 150 people there, but they had decided that it was 70s themed. And I showed up and I was underdressed. Like there was people there with these huge afros and and gold chains. And I was like, damn, this is awesome. And I we freaking partied all morning long. And I was like, this is fantastic. <laughs> oh hilarious. my gosh, you do. You never know where it will end you up. Um, I think when you were doing the clown thing, like I was actually having intimate talks with people. Um, it was getting me outside of like being prim and proper or seeming like I have it together and having to actually have like conversations about sex with strangers. Oh, that's and right. I had some really, really deep, deep conversations at a synagogue in, um, huh. Venice 
huh. I ended up. Um, like but what, what? yeah, I mean, there's so many things that stretch you. What did you What did you uh, talk about? Do you remember? Uh, to him, just like what the meaning of sex was to him. And uh, uh, his was really meaningful to me and kind of touched on mine, where it's just like the joining of two people where they can meet on such a soulful level. Right. Um, I did have to talk to like some, you know, 19 year old teenagers that would be like, oh, I'd flip you over. And, you know, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Next. <laughs> He's like, yes. but it does. It stretches you to get outside of yourself and yeah. things you think, or like caring about what other people think. It really allows you to see that uh, when you face your fears, like the thought of your fears are normally so much worse than what your fears are. Uh, yes, and to that degree, that was so um, eye-opening and and beneficial. I walked away from that uh, on a peeling back so many onion layers of going like, why do I, why do I care so much? Like, and I'm still, you know, I'm still uncovering things. I'm still learning things. I'm still <laughs> realizing, you know, that you're trying to live into other people's That's perceptions. That's all the work though. Like, it is there the is no unpeeling it. Like, does anyone think they have like a central onion or at least on this planet or plane that they're going to get to? I think so. I actually do. Oh, I think oh it's God. possible. That, you are so much more optimistic than me. I think that there, I think it's possible to get to a point where you realize, and I, I would actually say to some degree you do this, even though I know you know that, that sure, you're going to have a shitty day or whatever, but yeah, but, but like just a self-acceptance, like yeah, a yeah, pure yeah. self-acceptance. Yes. And I'm not you're, you're not trying to seek anybody else's validation or approval in as far as it being and defining who you are. Right. Oh, definitely. Right. I, I would say I'm trying to be there what? in terms That's... of stuff. Uh, I said I'm trying to be there in terms of stuff. I'm right. really trying not to define myself by what other people think or what right. other people's advice is and really like starting to question it for me and what feels good to me. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the topic in terms of like where I want to be in 10 years. Like I want to be doing this work, which is like I believe true health really is body, mind and spirit. Yeah. Um, and there's a huge responsibility to it. But it's kind of combining all of these things because I know you said that like it can be getting off topic. But true health really is like mental and physical. Right. It's where... You know, you're because I know a lot of people that are like phenomenally happy people. I mean, I'm around them and I'm like, you are so incredible, but their body doesn't match it. They're not taking care of their body. You know, they're yeah. they're uh, in breakdown with yeah. their body, you know, and then there's other people where it's like, oh, my God, they take such incredible care of their Barbie, like their Barbie, <laughs> their body. It looks like Barbie. <laughs> and um <laughs> and you start to talk to him and you're like, wow, like you really don't take care of your head. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it, it's like it's the difference between the 98 year old chain smoker who loves life and is just super happy. Um, yeah. And somebody who's super fit and healthy and but they're always tense or whatever. And then they have a heart attack at 40 or whatever it is. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. I th and I that's think, not a well-lived life, at no. least to me. That's not the kind of life I want to live. Agreed. Agreed. I do definitely want to uh, slide into home and think like, wow, what a game. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yep. What a game. Breaking the tape with your chest out. Yes. Yep. Yes. I, uh My grandfather lived till 98 years old, and he called me up one time, I think when he was about 96, and he said, hey, Pete, uh, I need you to do me a favor. 
Uh, I'm like, sure, of course, whatever you want. And he's like, I need you to go online. He's like, there's this eBay thing, right? And he was online every single day. At 96 years old, he was emailing. He was on the internet. I was like, it's, you know, and then I hear my peers, my friends at that, that, at the time, you know, 30 something years old going, well, I don't know computers. I'm like, dude, that's part of the reason why I think he lived that long is because he constantly oh, had yeah. that growth mindset. So anyway, he calls me and he's like, Hey, I, I need you to go onto eBay and find out how much a Dodge Viper is. <laughs> I said, what? He goes, I need you to, like, how much is a Dodge Viper? He's like, can you get a Dodge Viper for, like, 20 grand? And I'm like, uh, maybe. I don't know. He's like, well, I need you to check for it. I'm like, that's how I want to finish my life. Like, just oh, yeah. freaking that's Dodge Viper. Uh, what was that movie? Um, uh, oh, Scent of a Woman, where he, uh, yeah, you know that, where he takes him out on the I should, I should watch that movie again. That's a good movie. Um, well, you're right. Like, and I'm glad we actually are into this space. And I want to say that though, because about in terms of life, like it doesn't mean living as long as you can. That's not health, right? It's the vitality in your days. Because I always want to tell that, like, I'm only 41 years old. Like, I can't tell you how to live a longer life unless you're younger than me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I don't know how long I'm going to live. But I think true health is like vitality in your days. Um, waking up and being eager to start the day, being happy you're alive. Mm-hmm. And so just to differentiate it, I think if you want to live a really long life and get to that age and that's what health means to you, I think that's a fabulous goal. I think so too. Uh, you're talking about quality of life as opposed to the quantity of years, right? Yeah, because or... a lot of people are kind of selling that like, oh, I can help your life. You you may live longer. And I think like, you know, with vegan, I see that all the time. And it's like, yeah, I, I actually don't really want to tell people that because <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not really clear on how long I'm going to live. And that's being um, pretty yeah. silly of me if I tell people I can extend their life and I'm not really well, sure I can. But tec- I know that I can have them feel vital in yeah, their day. Technically, an indoor cat lives longer than an outdoor cat. But what quality of yeah, life? Yeah, no, thank you. Sitting inside, <laughs> looking outside, and seeing everybody else having fun all day. Yeah, no thanks. Um, I can't, I can't have a conversation with you and not mention um, the experience that we had together with respect to talk about healing and, and healing of body and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, at at the time, so we were at this. Uh, I've actually already shared this story on the podcast with your dad. Um, in his uh, episode that we did. But um, I think this speaks to just your spiritual nature. Um, and at the time, so I had this uh, I had this little tumor on my back, like a golf, so- golf ball-sized tumor. And my mother had recently passed uh, due to cancer. And, um, you know, I had a lot of fears around what that was for me. And, and I had a lot of pain associated with it, a lot of fear. I think that fear was manifesting itself as pain. Uh, in my body to the point where one day I had to um, drive myself to the hospital because I literally couldn't breathe. Like my chest was all congested or whatever. Um, anyway, long story short, we ended up, the, the doctor let me know it was benign. It was, you know, no big deal. Um, and so the, the fear went away and like a light switch, the pain went away. And it, it was mm-hmm. such a clear visceral experience for me to, 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 to associate my thought to the manifestation and the feeling in my body, right? Um, yes. but I still had it for a long time. And then, um, then of course we went out to the, the personal development program out there in LA and just received so much love from everybody. I mean, everybody, it was such a, um, nurturing environment, just everybody, you know, the stuff that we went through and the bonds that we created. Oh and- yeah. You can fall in love with people overnight. 
in yeah, those rooms. Literally. I mean, it's set up. You just, you literally fall in love. Your heart gets cracked open and you're able to receive and yep. give. And you let, you let all the facade go away of all the bullshit that we deal with in life and what, what's the right way to do this, that, or whatever. And you just, yeah, you, you just are 100% present. It's amazing what, uh, quick uh, tangent. There was, uh, I was watching Netflix the other day and there's, um, you know who Darren Brown is? The illusionist mm-hmm. guy, the hypnotist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I do. Watch his latest show because um, – what's it called? Uh, I forget what it's called. But the, it basically he takes this – I think I saw it. Yeah, did you? Yeah. Well, there was The Push. It's not that one. It's a new one. And it's with okay. this this uh, like racist, uh, white racist um, – you know, I forget where he's from. Um, but he's like, I no, think I all the illegal immigrants – What's that? Have you seen this one? I didn't see this one, no. Okay. So he, he goes and basically the, the show is him, Darren, hypnotizing and influencing this guy to end up taking a bullet for an illegal immigrant. Like he went from racist to, mm-hmm. to a total stranger, right? But as yeah. part of, the, as part of the, um, his induction or his indoctrination rather, he did, this pro, he did this exercise where he had to sit and look at a stranger in the eyes for four minutes. It was this other guy and he's sitting there and, and again, this guy had a very limited worldview. It was the immigrants are taking all our jobs and this or that, whatever. And he's sitting there looking at this guy, which I I can't remember where he's from, maybe India or something like that. And he's just looking at him and for four minutes had to look at him. And by maybe like the third minute, he just breaks down and he's just crying. And he's like, he's like, is everything the the Indian guy's like, are you okay? Is everything all right? And he's like, he's like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I feel like I know you. I feel like, I feel like I feel who you are. And, and then at the end, he's like, he's like, I know this is really weird, but can I just give you a hug? And the guy's like, of course. And it's, it's amazing to me. This again, in the modern world, in our little boxes, go, 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 nine to five. You know, we don't stop and realize how spiritual really we really are. And that exercise of just looking at somebody else in the eyes for four minutes. Think of your oh, yeah. day, 24 hours a day and months and weeks and all that that go by. Four minutes is not that long time, but it can dramatically change your life. Because <laughs> I mean, I think even if you look in the eyes of someone for one minute, like I make yeah. my kids do it with me. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's just so important to connect and yeah. like kind of lose all everything around you and just like connect you know they say the eyes are the gateway to the soul 100 and it's like what do we do we like avoid people like, totally oh. we don't no look one even looks at you like i swear to god like leave some chocolate on your face or something no one will even notice <laughs> so it'll be like one in ten people because no one looks at you right you know yeah. we we kind of are disconnected we're totally but, so disconnected. that weekend you were connected i was connected and uh we were staying at a friend's apartment and we were all hanging out and uh, I was leaning up against the bathroom door and and I felt like – this is gross. But I felt some water on my back and I thought it was the condensation from the, the bathroom door. Like, and so I was like, what? And then I realized – and it was, this was when you and I were having a conversation. And it was one of those deeper conversations where you're sharing about life and, and you know, you're quote unquote cracked open and all that. And, and, <laughs> and I forget exactly what you were saying. But you were just pouring out a lot of love and just saying a lot of this really – uplifting stuff and it was at that precise exact moment that I realized that the little tumor on my back um, started to discharge or whatever which again is kind of gross but um, I'm going to correct you there what like why why gross 
Like, what a beautiful thing. Are you kidding? Well, like, I don't know. It's like, well, you were healed. How can that be gross? Uh, I can get into how it's gross. I'm going to say start to think about it. Start to think that you were healed and the name you have for it. The healing was beautiful. The healing was (laughs) phenomenal. A hundred percent. Just next time want it to be a little cleaner yeah exactly okay a little more a little cleaner god culture. do you hear that yeah um, but you know I, I mean i think <laughs> i <laughs> i think that um speaks to a just in general the principle of of thoughts and the intention behind the thought and the energy and the and the spirituality behind the thought and the ability to heal our bodies with it um yeah but also your you specifically your um, lack of interference with with yeah. that energy flow um, yeah. is the best way I can explain it. Um, I really try to love people. I try to love like the barista at Starbucks. Um, I try to send people love, yeah. like literally like through my eyes. I try to think of like what love as a feeling would be if I have hard feelings on anyone. Like for me now, everything's kind of about energy and like what I can lead with and with within my energy, whether it's conflict or not. It's like even, you know, if I'm going to see someone, if I have weird feelings about them, really shifting those to having it be like positive energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think energy is kind of everything and loving people is maybe the most important thing we can do. And I also would say that um, it's way easier to love strangers than it is to love your own family. That's a whole and other if, podcast if right there. If we could flip there, <laughs> if we could flip there, I think we could figure out like how to solve wars. I mean, yeah. how, how could you not, right? Yeah. How could you not if it was all in the home? And I say it about myself. Like, it's way easier for me to be nice to a stranger than to like my husband who I want to take out the garbage and do dishes or to my kids that I have expectations of. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to a therapist about it one time and I think she said that there's no risk involved in being nice to strangers and there's risk involved with being nice to other people. And so, um, I think it's worth the risk to love the people that aren't strangers and our family. What's, the, just, what's the risk though of loving our family? <laughs> I think there's a risk like, Oh, I, the way she put it was that, oh, that you're not at risk of being like denied right? Or having it thrown in your face. Normally with a stranger, people are very, they don't have any hidden agenda to it or hidden agenda with you. And like giving freely of yourself with someone, there can be risk in it. They can throw it back into your face. Uh, It can be something that's used against you. It also can't be received. If it's not received by a stranger, like you're like, oh, whatever, screw him or whatever. But if it's not received by your partner, I mean, you have some deep wounding there, right? Right. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Yeah. The intimacy, uh, amplifies both the, the pleasure and the pain. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was talking with somebody yesterday about, um, they were going through some relationship issues too. And they're like, you know, my my spouse is the only one that treats me this way, and I'm like, but you're she's she treat she he's like she treats everybody else so nice. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, but you're the only one that has an intimate relationship with her. She doesn't have that relationship with everybody else. It's easy for people to be friends. It's way more difficult and different, at the very least, to be intimate with somebody at, at a deep level like that. Yeah, um, I mean that's what I've been trying to do in my life, and it's like I can tell you, it's pretty hard. Is like. Um, I'm very giving of myself. I believe like even at one point you had asked me like, 
if you treat everyone this way, like how will anyone ever know they're special? Right? Like right. if you just give it to everyone, you said that to me. Ah, and great. and I that's been food for thought. I've thought about that like a lot. Just that one thing. Because I am very giving of myself to people. And it, yeah. it may be where, you know, my kids don't get it because I give it to everyone in the world. And so I've really been trying to put that energy towards, you know, deeper family. Well, I think I I think that one of the best pieces of advice I've been given uh, as a coach uh, is that the biggest mistake that coaches often make, and I'm talking about like life coaches, is that yeah. is that they give away the gold too easily. They give away the gold too freely, and so people don't therefore know how to value it. And I think yes. I think I was looking at it through that lens where if somebody gives love so freely away, um, A, it, it opens up the possibility of being misused or abused. Um, B, it may not be fully received and, and even understood or yeah. people don't necessarily know how to value it, you know? Or yeah. like in the space of like with your kids, if they see that being applied everywhere, is there a, do, do they feel unique and individual and special in, in your eyes or whatever? I, I don't know. That's kind of the angle that I was looking at all that through. I kind of have always been this way. I kind of remember going on a walk with my girlfriend maybe about like 20 years ago and we got home and she was like, oh my God, you know so many people. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And she's like, well, how many people did we see on the walk? And I was like, oh no, I say hi to everyone. <laughs> like I no, I don't know those people. Like I, how can you walk past someone and not say hi to them or yeah. acknowledge them? Like, oh my God, a human being. Like what if we were in a desert and you saw that person? You'd be like, oh, I'm not the person. <laughs> Yes, I'm not the only one, you know, but I'm kind of like that in terms of it. But I really do think kind of going to MITT. Um, oh, am I giving a little plug there? You take that off if you want. Uh, um, but by going yeah, to the transformation workshop, <laughs> um, I think it was maybe one of the places where for the first time I really could give love out and not be judged for it. Yeah. Because I've, I've kind of always been judged with being too much or too loving or too, you know, happy or whatever it is, just too much. And so I feel like maybe that was like the first place to Hawaii. Yeah. That was like the first place where I felt like I really was allowed to be it. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't see it in the real world, though. I'll tell you that much. Way I know. That's that's people. part of that was part of the uh, a funny part of leaving there you go back to the quote-unquote real world and you're like what it's so different oh no i think i would cry every time i got off the planes yeah i'd be like oh my god how am i supposed to sustain this <laughs> I know. but it's hard work yeah constant yeah. work yeah listening to yourself um i mean the whole point of it right is to be able to be like you are in a training room out of the training room right yeah, I've done a lot of Tony Robbins stuff, and he's really big on um, beautiful state, which I believe he got out of his um, spiritual work over in India, and just that idea of regardless of you know your finances, or you got cut off in the road, or you know what fighting with your spouse or whatever, can you take even those most difficult, frustrating, um, challenging situations and still find that beautiful state? Can you? Do I that? mean, for. For me, yeah, that's yes. what I'm learning. Yes, yes absolutely you can. Yep. I would have said, you know, even three years ago, I would have told you no. And now it's like, wait, who am I? Who do I want to be in this world? Well, and where, where does it do come I from? My best? Yeah. 
Where does it come from? Yeah. Does it come from the six-pack abs? Does it come from, you know, the the bank account? Where does it come from if it doesn't come from those things? God-given right. Right? Exactly. It's a God-given right that people have shut off, right? Like, for me as a female, I've realized, like, females, there's, like, something magnetic about us, right? And I never (laughs) understood, like, the whole masculine-feminine thing because I think there were too many rules to it because, like... I'm so feminine in the way I dress. Like, I'll always have long hair. Like, I care about having a curvy body. And I dress very feminine, right? But, like, I'm a boss. Like, you take me, you know? Like, I am a boss. I love business. I love goals. I love getting there. I love doing all of it. And so I never really understood how those were two separate things. But now I'm really starting to understand that, like, Instead of me being like, oh, there's the goal. I know how I'm going to get to it and go. Like, that's very masculine. Like, my feminine is like, oh, I have a goal, and I'm going to trust that the universe is going to bring it to me. Mm. Mm. Um, and so deep. that's the beautiful state to me is walking around knowing that the universe has my back, yeah. even if I only have $100 in my bank account. Yeah. Knowing that it has my back, even if my body isn't working for me. Knowing that it's rigged in my favor and at some point it will shift. I love that. Rigged in your favor. And that's just like feminine. Like I love that. And it's like I think I used to like want to be feminine maybe for like men's attention or whatever. Right. But like I just love it because I love how you said it's called a beautiful state because that's exactly how I would describe it Mm -hmm. when I'm walking. I'm like gliding in grace. Grace. You know? That's the grace. Yeah. Graceful. Like I have my head held high and it's not so you think I'm holding my head high. Like I actually walk with my head held high now. I walk, you know, like I, I don't know if like someone would say it's sexiness, but like this ease and this grace that's very feminine and natural to me. But people would tell me it was too sexy. Like I'm so proud of being a woman these days. Like, I don't care if you think it's too sexy. Like, I feel good when I'm walking it. So, like, let me walk it. You know? And everything comes to me when I'm in that state. Yeah. You know? And um, for me, that's just, like, the beautiful state. And especially with being a woman. Like, I'm just so proud to be a woman right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you do wear it well. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know if there's a, if I'm going to be coming back, but I, I, I really like being a woman. Well, I, I, the word grace to me is a word that uh, a woman who understands her own femininity um, evolves into with with uh, age, and yeah, and it's it's a quality that most young women don't really understand yet. But that yeah, they try to play it. Yep. I think I tried to play it when I was young. Well, or that it's more they're more focused on sexy and uh, attention getting and yeah. and all of that, right? But the yeah. wisdom that grace brings uh, and the beauty that grace brings isn't a it, it's not letting go uh, like it could still be sexy, it can still be beautiful, it can still be all those feminine things, but there's a depth and a wisdom to grace that I think a lot of women as they age lose sight of they, they try to either nip tuck their way uh, oh, yeah. which which is not terribly graceful i think it can i think it's independent uh, like i have seen women who have nip tucked and they're still graceful because it's not connected to the body directly. yeah you know i mean i have more friends at this point that have had plastic surgery i think than not um just because it's kind of a normal thing but right. like for me i i won't 
I'm very happy with what God gave me. Right. Very proud of these stretch marks. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that like we have these thoughts because people have told us we should. Like at some point I had to look at the fact that like I had shame around my stretch marks because people kind of would point them out or be like, oh, my God, you have stretch marks. That must suck so bad. And like I could tell you that like as a girl or as a young, you know, younger person, like it really bothered me and I had so much shame. And like as a woman now that's in a beautiful state, like I adore my stretch marks. <laughs> They are proof of my three greatest gifts yeah. on this planet, yeah. my kids, yeah. you know, and so I think that's kind of the difference on are you leaning into your imperfections that make you perfect or are you trying to hide up your imperfections to keep pretending like you're perfect? Well, and I can tell you from a masculine perspective uh, or, or a, a male perspective rather that like women who focus on their insecurities draw so much more attention to the insecurities. If you, Oh yeah. If no you, one would notice them. No, you, men don't, if there's, I, I always Men's say to women, like, Oh, you have a heartbeat. Awesome. Right. Well, I mean, look, th there is, there is more pressure I think on women to look a certain way because it is more important. Like men seek out visually attractive women. But I think as women uh, grow and age and, and develop more grace, I think men develop more uh, empathy and and grace as well in their own masculine way to where they don't, they're, they're not um, attaching everything. If they're evolving, they're not attaching everything to, you know, the, t the tight abs and the perfect body and this or that or whatever. Like you can see beyond that to the, yeah. the depth and the wisdom and the grace. Yeah, absolutely. That. I mean, I really hope so. I hope well, so. As I the age. thing, the <laughs> thing I always tell women is, every woman has an asset to to highlight, and oh yeah, and and so long as you are highlighting your assets, men, we're tunnel vision. Like that's we'll get we'll put our blinders on and go, damn, look at the look at those assets, and everything else becomes than a foggy. Woman that loves herself. What's that? What's sexier? What like what's sexier than a woman who loves herself? Nothing. A hundred percent. What's sexier than a woman that doesn't need you to complete her? Yes. 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 A hundred percent. Willing to admit that she has faults. Right. You know. But guess what? I have stretch marks. They gave me my greatest gift, and I'm still a whole human being. Yeah. Yep. Even though Shape Magazine told me I wasn't, <laughs> I should have used that cocoa butter. <laughs> you know. Right. And it is, it's kind of just redefining all of it. Like, um, I used to want to be younger and I used to want to have a different body and, um, but I just don't anymore. I'm yeah. just so happy with where I am. And, and all of those experiences from when I'm young is like what made me who I am today. And I wouldn't change any of those things. Like there's, there's such a beauty to becoming wiser. I think so too. Yes. I think so too. Holland, uh, this has been an awesome conversation. HollandHawaii.com is where people yes. go to check you out. Uh, the new cookbook is Good Food Gratitude, and uh, that will be available shortly. Yes? Yeah, it should be in about the first week of January. We're going to start pre-sales pretty quickly here. Okay. So January 2019. 2019. Um, and they can get that at your website? They can get it at my website. Yeah, okay. it will be pretty much available everywhere. And um, if they follow me on Instagram, we have some fun stuff going on. I'm going to do a mini book tour. Um, but I also am going to have a contest for people where I come to your house 
uh, for a week and I completely redo your fridge and your life. Um, so that's part of the cookbook. We're going to have a promotion. So yeah, that will be on Instagram. That's my favorite thing to do ever is to go in and help someone like that. You, this is not something you would probably naturally share, but I'm going to share it because it lets people know, like you've cooked for some of the most famous people in the world. I mean, you, you've been trusted to, uh, cater the 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 elite of the elite uh being on Kauai. yeah um, i don't want to necessarily drop names pretty but... heavy hitters what's that? i mean they say they say you're the company you keep so if you have big goals <laughs> you better be keeping some big company right i we, we don't necessarily need to drop names but it's it's the people of the people that uh holland's cooked for and on their private jets and things like that so um yeah and i work with a a couple of the girls um, with surfing, some of the girls and guys with surfing with the WSL. And um, one of the things I love about cooking with people that um, have a lot going on and is that they're normally really serious about their goals. And so they're my best clients to have. But um, I definitely could do some fun name dropping at a party, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you are, are you doing coaching as well? On... Yeah, okay. I'm doing personal coaching right now until the cookbook comes out, but it's actually just kind of a fun side gig for me. I'm kind of meeting people with where they're at in terms of cleansing, and it's like the Good Food Gratitude Cleanse, and hopefully it will be digital, um, I would say, by the middle of February of 2019, okay. but for right now, I'm doing personal coaching. Okay. What's your Instagram handle again? Holland Hawaii. Holland Hawaii. And, and it's... H-O-L-L-A-N. Yes. H-O-L-L-A-N, Holland. It's like the country Holland without the D on the end. Um, And how to say it, Hawaii is H-A-W-A-I-I. Yes, Hawaii. (laughs) Do people in Hawaii say it, Hawaii? Yeah, uh, Hawaii. Most Hawaiians do, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Mahalo. Holland, thanks again. This is awesome. You're beautiful. I appreciate uh, your time and your wisdom and your grace. Always a pleasure. I adore you. One of my favorite human beings. So thank you for your friendship. You too.